Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, May the 3rd. We are continuing our study in the big book on the chapter We Agnostics, page 54, the second paragraph. Today's readers are Russ M., Dara L., Elizabeth D., Leon B., and Marge O. The reference numbers for yesterday, Sunday, May the 2nd, special edition, 16872. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Russ M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Lynn. Russ M. Recovered Compulsive Overeater outside of Philly. 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanned. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and another human being, the exact nature of our world. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of care. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed, and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his willfulness and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Russ. And the Twelve Traditions will be read by Dara L. Welcome, Dara. Great. Thank you so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Dara L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in the chapter We Agnostics. We're on page 54, the second paragraph, Imagine Life Without Faith. Elizabeth B., would you read for us, please? Good morning, uh, Lynn. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you, um, and thank you for your service. Imagine life without faith. Were nothing left but purely reason, it wouldn't be life. But we believed in life, of course we did. We could not prove life in the sense that you can prove a straight line is the shortest distance between two points, yet there it was. Could we still say the whole thing was nothing but a mass of electrons created out of nothing, meaning nothing, whirling on to a destiny of nothingness? Of course we couldn't. 
The electrons themselves seemed more intelligent than that, at least so the chemist said. Chemist said. Well, this is a challenging paragraph for me to unpack because I do believe in God, and frankly, I can't imagine life without faith. So what does this paragraph have to do with me? Well, it turns out a lot if I look back over my 30 years in OA. Um, so in the previous chapters, the writers of the book are telling us that if you have the allergy of the body, and translating that for a compulsive overeater like me, if you can't ingest certain trigger foods or practice certain food behaviors without setting off the uncontrollable craving for more, then they are saying, you're one of us. And if you are one of us, nothing short of a power greater than yourself can remove the obsession. Um, This puts some of us in a dilemma. We think, wait a minute, first you're telling us we're doomed, and then you're telling us that we have to believe in God in order to recover. But the problem is, like it says in AAs 12 and 12, some of us won't believe in God, others can't, and still others do believe in God, do believe that God exists, um, but have no faith whatever he will perform this miracle. Um, Well, I was in that third category for many years in OA. I believed in God. I couldn't imagine life without faith in God, but my faith had limits. I didn't think, or more accurately, I didn't know that God could and would remove my obsession with certain foods and behaviors. So if agnosticism is defined as lacking knowledge of God, then not knowing that God could restore me to sanity made me an agnostic. So here's how my agnosticism in OA looked for nearly 10 years. Basically, I got in this cycle of relapse. I would get abstinent, and for a period of time, I would go to three OA meetings a week, commit my food daily to a sponsor, and after 90 days, and God forgive me, start sponsoring people, um, I'd often get more than a year of this kind of back-to-back abstinence, abstinence. Then something would happen in my life, like the breakup of a relationship, the loss of a job, and I'd relapse and put on a lot of weight. Disgusted, then I'd go back to OA and I'd repeat the cycle all over again, all the while thinking that I didn't need to work the steps because I'm an exception. Basically, I was using OA as a diet with group support. It wasn't until I found the big book way of working OA that I finally understood. I needed to fully concede to my innermost self that I am an alcoholic when it comes to certain foods, ingredients, and behaviors, and I must get entirely abstinent of those things. Then, very quickly thereafter, I must replace the power that those things gave me with a power greater than myself, whom I choose to call God. Now, it was always the same God for me. I just needed to fully invite God, the God of my understanding into my problem with food, weight, body image, and indeed all my problems. And I did that four years ago. Thank you, God. And it's given me a life truly beyond my wildest dreams. So if you're one of those people in the other two categories, you won't or can't believe in God, please don't let that deter you from working this program. I know many, many people who are, who are recovered, who don't believe in God and have found this solution. So please stick around, talk to them. The miracle is here for anyone and everyone who does the work of these uh, amazing 12 steps. And I pass. Thank you, Elizabeth B. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? 
Teresa P. Vanessa N. Anyone else? So far we have Teresa P, Vanessa N. Sandy K. Shelley CR. Susan D. I have room for one more, please. Shelby W. Perfect. Thank you. Let's see our lineup now. We have Teresa P, Vanessa N, Sandy K, Shelly C.R., Susan D, and Toby W. Teresa, please, P, please go ahead. Press star one to unmute, Teresa. Can you hear me now? Joelle yes, B. From okay. Hi, Go I'm ahead, Teresa, P. please. Thank you. Hi, I'm Teresa P., a recovered compulsive overeater from California. And uh, this uh, paragraph is, uh, is uh, a challenging one. Uh, imagine life without faith. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to try to explain it. I'll just try to share my experience with this. Um, I did uh, live life without faith. Now, I went to church every Sunday, taught church school, and uh, believed in God. But I didn't have faith that he would help me with what I felt I needed most, which was to be, I don't know, to restore me to say, and I don't know how to call it, but all I can know is I was the walking dead, going to church, you know, teaching church school, and the walking dead in constant pain, um, distress, and uh, just terrible, incomprehensible demoralization. And no praying to God and not, you know, being delivered like I felt I should be or, you know, why isn't it working? And, you know, and I don't know. I do know that it got me to program and God, uh, back 25 years ago, just gave me a person in my life that said, you were going to OA. I didn't even know OA existed. And so I went. I did know other uh, 12-step programs existed, so I figured, oh, that works. I'll go there. The greatest thing that happened to me was uh, to come to Overeaters Anonymous and see that it was where I learned I had a disease. I didn't know I had a disease. And, you know, and I was always so angry that God didn't fix this for me. And... And he did in his time, not my time, his time. And so I've had, you know, tremendous health and happiness and um, restoring to sanity for for many years. And my life has been incredible. And it keeps getting better. 
and I keep seeing more about myself and things that I need to work on about me, my control issues, my wanting my way. And it's all about the journey. It's not the destination. It's the journey. And one more time, you know, I didn't understand what was going on with my life. You know, where's the handbook to life? I didn't get one. You all got one. It, when you guys were born, I missed it. Well, I got it oh, 25 years ago. Well, I got it with it's the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. That's my handbook to life. Because somehow it works for me. And, you know, years of, of religious training didn't do what the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous did. It somehow... Time, please. Thank you for uh, thank you for that, and just wrap up with it. Somehow showed me how God works in my life. Thank you for letting me share my path. Thank you, Teresa P. Vanessa Ann, it's your turn. Please go ahead, Vanessa. Yes, hi. May I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Vanessa Ann. Gratefully recovered in California, um, and thank you, everybody, for your service and for being on this line. It's been such a huge gift in my life. Yes, imagining a life without faith. And although, I mean, I've always believed in something and didn't necessarily know what it was, I did have a religious upbringing, which I deserted at a very young age because it certainly did not work for me. I always believed in something, and I explore all different kinds of paths of spirituality that were not, religious because religion just didn't work for me. Um, But none of those things really worked for me either when it came to this or any of the things that I'm in recovery for. I never in a million years would have even thought like, you know, food is something that I could be helped with through spirituality. And, um, you know, thanks to this program and 12-step programs in general um, and my sponsors, and all of my fellows that have helped really put me in contact with the higher power of my understanding, that higher power has removed this obsession from me and given me freedom that I never could have imagined. And it's amazing how it spills over into all parts of my life. And it's just such a beautiful experience to have. So for those of you that are new on the line, or that are just listening or quote-unquote auditing the program, this program does really work. Um, please, you know, introduce yourself. Let us, let us help you um, find your connection to higher power that can also help restore you to sanity. And um, thank you, everyone, for being here. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Vanessa. And Sandy Kay, it's your turn. Welcome, Sandy. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sandy Kay from Ohio. And first of all, thank you all for your service. Um, I don't know. um, This meeting means so much to me. I have learned so much and have grown so much through this uh, morning meeting. Um, You know, this is a good paragraph for me because I don't understand it. I don't even question it anymore. But it says there, somewhere in our big book, it says God could and would if he were sought. And I know each day that when I get up and that I turn it over to my higher power, um, I have a much better day and life is much better. And 
no amount of problems or happiness or anything would take the place of of my higher power today like there no matter what happens during the day i know that if i just turn it over to god that it'll be okay um i'm i'm very very grateful i've been back um in program about 15 months and um I've been very fortunate to have my abstinence in this program because, boy, my my thinking is so much clearer. My life is so much better with this program, um, but it truly is a spiritual program for me, and I have to remember that one day at a time. Uh, with that, uh, thanks again, and I'll pass. Thank you, Sandy Kay. Shelly C.R., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Shelly. Good morning. This is Shelley C.R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern Minnesota. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Okay, thanks. Something's going on weird with my phone. Um, <laughs> so I'm uh, very grateful to be here in this part about imagining life without faith. I can, I, I remember. I very clearly remember. Um, I remember how miserable I was. I remember how... Um, because of being miserable within myself, how I lashed out at others and made others miserable. Um, yeah, that that part about life without faith, boy, it's a whole different, whole different experience. Um, and you know, I used reason. I used reason to argue with other people. I used reason to be cutting um, in my remarks. I made. I used reason to. Um, relate to others in a condescending manner and you know the relationships in my life um, were very conflictual because I brought that to the table um, and that's what life was was, was based on pure reason um, and so this part about like you know what life looks like with faith now how I found that faith was in the program um, and this is also after growing up in a religious community um, where I would say the examples weren't necessarily one of faith um, either. And so it's like having to kind of learn what that is like and learning that through my relationship with my sponsor who, you know, lived this program, um, you know, in and out. And uh, so I saw that as an example. Um, And I have been able to find um, a connection with a higher power than myself, you know, and so that's what uh, keeps me with an inkling of sanity and, and me being able to practice this program, um, remaining abstinent and from practicing the program throughout my days on a daily basis and removed of the food obsession. I also have these relationships with people in my life that are like lovely and wonderful and not that everything's like sunshine and roses, right? But at the same time, I'm able to respond to them in loving and compassionate and patient ways. Um, And in turn, the relationships in my life have improved so dramatically. So I'm so very grateful that this is a program of faith. And um, with that, I will pass. Thank you, Shelly C.R. Susan D., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Susan. Please press star one to unmute, Susan.
Okay, we're not hearing Susan D. Toby W., are you available, please? Yes, I am. Um, Hi. Thanks, Toby. Please go ahead. Good morning, everybody. This is Toby W., gratefully recovered in the Boston area. Um, imagine life without faith. That is underlined in red. And where nothing left but pure reason, it wouldn't be life is underlined in black, which means two different times of reading. Imagine life without faith. Yeah, those were the days when I was binging. I was uh, not believing that there was a higher power that could restore me to sanity, that I had to do it, that it was up to me. And those were those horrible days without faith. And what I'm grateful for is somehow or other, God came into my life. God was always there. Well, let me put it this way. The God of my misunderstanding was always there um, in other areas of my life. So I looked at the other areas and I thought, things are working well there. Uh, Why not with the food? Why not with the program? But when the faith came, Thank you, God. Um, Then I was able to let go and found a a life that is um, much, much happier, joyful. Um, I have a lot of medical issues, yet I am grateful. And I am just so grateful for this vision meeting, for this big book, and for all the people that have been helping me. Uh, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Toby W. Okay, let's try. Susan B., are you available now, please? Press star one to unmute, Susan. Okay, I guess she's not available then. So the line is now open again for sharing on what we just read. And just to remind people, we are in the chapter We Agnostics, page 54, the second paragraph, Imagine Life Without Faith. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Thursday or Friday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Hilda Anthony in Fort Worth. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. Let me tell you who I heard. And please, if I missed you, put your name in there. I heard Nessa R. And Colleen M. Who did I miss, please? Hilda Annika T. in Fort Worth, Texas. Sorry, I got Hil- okay, I got Hilda. Hilda, what's the initial of your last name, please? S. Okay, and I got somebody from Fort Worth. Seneca T. Okay, and I got Devorah S. 
I have room for one more. Who would like that spot, please? Phil M. Phil M. Okay. I have Nessa R, Colleen M, Hilda S, Seneca T, Devorah S, Phil M, and there was one last person in there. Nope. Okay. Nessa R, could you go ahead for us, please? Welcome, Nessa. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I have always believed in God since I was a little child and um, believed that God was good, benevolent, nice, never had an image of a punishing God, a vengeful God or anything like that. And, you know, the big book says that God could and would if he were sought. And I sought God since I was a little girl. And um, God didn't. God didn't. Um, You know, I I sought God to make me thin. I sought God to make me rich, to make me popular, you know, to give me lots of friends, to give me lots of stuff. And he didn't. And um, I came to the conclusion that... You know, God had no time for me, that he had a lot more important things to do, you know, like deal with wars and famine and child abuse. And my petty little problems and my petty little life, um, he had no time for. They were not important enough. And, um, you know, I have learned through recovery that I wasn't really seeking God. To seek God means to align my will with his to make his will my will and all this time that i was pursuing god i was really just wanting to impose my will on him i never once asked god what do you want from me um i always asked god this is what i want from you you're my employee god and you know it's the other way around and, you know, I, I, in, our, in our meditation, I came to the conclusion that I had made myself and my happiness my own higher power. And everything uh, was game when it came to pursue, you know, my happiness. And the more I did that, the more unhappy I became because, of course, you know, uh, nothing turned out the way I planned. And even when they did even when my little plans and designs materialized, everything and everybody, including myself, was so out of joint that it wasn't enjoyable at all. And um, I have learned now as a recovered person that true happiness is found when I'm not looking for it, when I am looking um, out for others, when I'm looking to serve others, uh, to help others and, and to serve God. That's what it truly means God could and would if he were sought. And how do we seek God? We seek God by getting out of his way, by getting out of ourselves, getting the self out of us, uh, by removing the blockages, which are, um, in my case, my selfishness and my self-centeredness, so that I can be open with a clear channel to hear his messages. And this is what these steps accomplish. You know, of course, I have to be abstinent first because food is the number one obstacle. And then it's me. So with abstinence, I can work these steps to remove all those blockages so that I'm no longer 
trying to direct God, but I place myself under his care and direction. And, you know, like now I'm truly happy. My happiness is not uh, my goal. Thank you. My goal anymore. Um, And this is a paradox. This is a paradox. Now I'm truly seeking God. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Colleen M., it's your turn, followed by Hilda S. Good morning, Colleen. Hi, this is Colleen M. from Maryland. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you, everyone on the line who's doing service today. And um, just, I want to just ditto what Nessa just said, because can you imagine life without faith? Yes, I can. It was Colleen, we've lost you. Please press star one. Can you hear me now? Yes, thank you. Okay. Uh, Colleen, you're gone again. Hi. I'll try it one more time, but I don't know. It keeps muting me for some reason. Um. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Okay. Uh, Life without faith was hell. It was, um, I always believed in God, but um, did not believe that God would um, basically answer my wish list. And when I didn't get my wish list filled, I believed my disease or blocks, whatever you call it, um, believed that God was not available to me. And what I had twisted in my mind was that, you know, I was not, you know, seeking God. I was seeking Santa Claus. Uh, today, you know, because I, um, thank God, through his grace, got abstinent and started working this program and this step, um, today I am going to be human. I'm not going to try to be God. I'm not going to try to run the universe. I'm going to get up on a regular basis. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to deflate my ego and ask God how I can serve him today. Um, what, is, what, is the, uh, what is it that you want from me? How is this day going to go? And how can I be of service? And uh, that's the psychic change that had to take place in me. And so grateful that it is because uh, the blocks for my higher power have been removed and I grow deeper and deeper in uh, the faith that God is there for me and does care for me, even when life is not going the way I want it to or don't understand it, or I don't need to understand it. Just need to know that there's a higher power and I'm not that higher power. So with that, I, uh, I'll pass. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Colleen M. Hilda S., it's your turn, followed by Seneca T. Good morning, Hilda. Press star one to unmute, Hilda. Hi, this is Hilda S. Good morning, everybody. Um, I grew up in, a, in with a lot of um, um, religion, a lot of religion, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and religion doesn't say don't have faith. Religion, everything about religion is to have faith, you know, but I... I didn't use the faith. I just, you know, every time something traumatic happened and there was a lot of trauma growing up and a lot of trauma in my life, even after in adulthood, um, I, I would blame God. I, I've always believed he was there, but I didn't 
I didn't like turn my will over to him and I didn't feel that he loved me and I felt abandoned, but I still believe he was there. Now I know he's there. What happens, somehow it's for my benefit. I believe that. I believe that bad things happen because it's supposed to happen. It purifies your soul for different reasons. But now on a daily basis, I thank him. That's the first thing I do in the morning is I write a gratitude list. Thank you, God. And then sometimes, I'm not going to lie, I will say, please, can, you know, let it be your will. I beg that. I hope it's your will that this and this and this happens. But the outcome is on him and, and not on me. I'm not in charge. I'm not running this script. And I really do have faith today. And when I, you know, kind of waver from, like, letting, feeling like I'm in charge, I, I do an act of charity. And it, it gets me right back on track for whatever reason, because I guess it's godly. Um, and um, I also, uh, when I get negative, it somehow I feel a detachment of, the, of my faith. Um, and I just, for today, want to remain positive, bring it back home. I want to remain positive and um, stay connected to God and have faith and still pray, which I do, that that my life gets more enriched in certain ways and pray for my children because that's what I do, pray for the world. Um, and I, and it doesn't take away my sense of religion. I still go to temple even more so it enriched my religion because my connection with, with my higher power is stronger. Um, and I'm so grateful for this program because I was walking around binging and unhappy and, and super, super um, negative. Um, and I'm not. I'm not. It's not black and white anymore. My addiction doesn't leave me to just like two colors. Um, so I want to thank everybody for this service and wish everybody a beautiful, uh, blessed day. With that, I pass. Thank you, Hilda S. Seneca T., it's your turn, followed by Deborah S. Good morning, Seneca. Good morning, everyone from Houston, Texas. Okay, so the line... I mean, sorry, Fort Worth, Texas. I'm thinking of my friend in Houston last night. Um, imagine life without faith. I, I really don't believe that that's possible since we are all on this line because every one of us either believes, hopes, or aspires to find a solution to our problem with food. We either want to arrest it or we want to keep it arrested. But maybe the word faith is too perverted these days. Maybe faith is just belief. Belief that my problems with food are real. And maybe the stumbling block is, oh, that dirty word, work. Does the word work become the dirty four-letter word of program? Perhaps it does. Since I wake up every day with a miracle, I couldn't give myself. I don't open my own eyes. I don't breathe my own lungs, and I don't beat my own heart. So guess what? The gift of life, there's work required. Batteries are not included. Action is required if I want to live this life free of food. Can't the universe just whirl me into a state of reasonableness when it comes to my food? Food is my tether. I had no other way that I, to work around that. So for me, I thought that because I was baptized that I could just skip certain steps in the program, and that actually works better. When I come up, when I, but you know, if you come in and when I come in to this meeting with no knowledge, having no knowledge of God is almost better 
than having knowledge of God. Because guess what? I think my vacation Bible school God's going to save me. Well, no, it's not. That's why you're still overweight. That's why you're still, you know what I mean, eating and not working and not serving. I'm, I'm stuck inside myself when I do that. But there is a solution today. There is a solution, and I'm so grateful for that because I want that freedom that comes with the answers from being here every single day, Sunday through Friday. Yes, I am here because apparently um, the answers become clearer. They become clearer but when I become honest, open, and willing, honest with my patterns, my triggers, and the way my disease manifests itself in my everyday living. It will only become abundantly clear when I become open about the things that make me cringe, think about my imperfection, my secrets, the downright truth about myself, and I open it up to somebody anonymously. Wow, there's a whole bunch of people on here I don't know. I can just call you and just spill my guts because that's just what I can do. That's the power of this program. Thank God for that. It makes me laugh when I hear so many he's on God. Well, God is a she for me today. Thank you very much. And it's a wonderful place for me to be. And I thank God for that, that I have the freedom to express that and live that in my program. That's what gives me power and courage today. The program helps and becomes clear for me when I become willing. Willing is a mind change first. It's that sliver of opportunity that I can finally take a chance on me. And as as I wrap up, I can take a chance on me when I become willing and free and take small baby steps to let this program take flight in my life today. I thank you so much for letting me share. Everybody go out there and be the light. Thank you. Thank you, Seneca T. Devorah S., it's your turn, followed by Phil M. Good morning, Devorah. Hi, good morning, everyone, and thank you all for making this meeting possible. My name is Devorah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey, and Oh, um, unbelievable shares we have today. Imagine life without faith. And honestly, I can remember life without faith because I lived it each day for many, many, many years. It wasn't working very well. Yeah, I believe I had a God in my life, but still I was trying to act like God. And I was eating and binging and pushing God away and not inviting him in. God wasn't there for my food. God was there for the big stuff in the world that others were saying. And 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 what was it doing? How, what was I? How was I acting? Trying to control, trying to manipulate, trying to get everyone to do what I wanted, um, and not and honestly, and not even realizing it. I thought it was very natural for me to act like that. Um, finally, coming into program and um, putting down the food, going through these steps, and realizing, gee, what have I been doing with myself? Realizing that I'm trying to play God instead of. Um, instead of seeking God, um, you know, has brought me to to something else. <laughs> you know, thank you, God, each day that I could wake up in the morning and open up my eyes and walk over to the bathroom. It, it moves. It gives me a renewal in my faith on a deeper level. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, a lot of tragedy and a lot of things I just don't understand. But the more I'm working this program and the more I'm seeking God, I don't have to understand it. All I need to do today is to show up and to be of service and get out of myself. I don't need to know all the answers. 
but I need to remember that there is a God in, the, in my life today, and it's not me, and it's not the other person, it's not my, it's not my coworkers, but it's, there's a there's a power there that makes things happen, and um, and in these hard times when there's so much tragedy and so much misfortune and pain and suffering, that's when I have to lean in more to God, because that that God is going to that is the answer. God is the answer, and um, and I just need to be seeking His will and getting out of myself and and. How can I, you know, just by treating people with patience, power, and kindness and love, um, being of service, surrendering, surrendering, surrendering to his will, and just constantly being in gratitude, you know, gratitude for the things that I have today. That simple walk to the bathroom to be able to wash my hands and face, how grateful I am that I can do that today, um, and I can show up today, that I could press star one to to unmute my phone and to share. So these little things bring me a closer relationship with my higher power, and with that, I'm grateful. And I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devorah S. Phil M. It's your turn, followed by Kate L. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Um, hi, my name is Phil M. And I'm a gratefully recovered. Uh, also greater from Kyberg in Northern Ireland and um, it's great to be here beautiful service today um, so what really spoke to me like others is imagine life without faith and uh, my faith was, was a certain way you know it was, it was very defined as a child and undergone a lot of transformation just an awful lot remember you know at the age of 30 really thinking anyone who claims that God was mother as well as father was a crackpot? Absolutely not. But I've come on another journey and I've recognized that all of creation uh, needs the masculine, needs the feminine, both, and that to have only one is unbalanced. And we know that being unbalanced is not a good thing. Um, certainly for, for me, for me to, to, I need that in my um, understanding of God. Now, I've been involved, I think this planted some months ago, about two weeks prior. Hello? Hi. Um, yeah, so there's an awful lot of uh, background noise there. Is it your line or, or maybe it's my line? Um, let me see. Is this any better here at all? Try again? No. Is that any better? Maybe not. Uh, we can hear you better now. Thank you. Uh, right, I apologize for, for that. Um, so anyway, I've been used to, to uh, with a group of people, to start a two-way prayer session in the UK and Ireland and Europe, starting at the unearthly hour at 5.30 in the morning, and it's all the fault of the Americans because you get up too early. <laughs> so anyway, we, we've started that, and it's very organically. I, I had no idea what direction it was going to take. But it's taken the direction of um, acknowledging the divine feminine, and I resisted that big time. But it has happened, it has happened organically, and it is a beautiful thing, and I'm so grateful for it. Today I asked the question, what do I need to do? And the answer I got was not what I needed to do, but what I needed to be. And to be well connected with my higher power as much as possible. To be calm, to be quiet and still, and that all my doing can flow out from that. And, um, yeah, I keep having 
so much due to different stress my journey flows out from that and that spreads out into the world. So I'm I'm on a path, I'm learning I'm on a path with yourselves and it's lovely to have the company. And thank you so much for this wonderful meeting. Uh, with that outline. Thank you, Phil M. And Kate L, it's your turn. Please go ahead, Kate. Hello, this is KL. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Okay, hi, morning. Um, thank you all for your shares. I am learning so very much because I'm relatively new to program and I'm actually on my step one. Um, but imagine life without faith. And I always thought that I had faith because I went to religious school from ages four to 16 years old. But there is a huge difference between going through the rituals and traditions of religion and not really, um, <clears throat> not really holding on to the faith. And I realized, although I, you know, I believe in God and so forth, that you know, it was kind of misguided. You know, and I've come to learn that I made food my God. You know, and this program is slowly but surely teaching me so much more about faith. And I feel as though my faith is being, you know, enriched and strengthened. And that's all I have to say. And thank you so much, everybody. Thank you very much. Great. And thank you, Kate L. We have time for two more shares. Who would like that time, please? Chris M. Sarah R. from New York. Perfect. Thank you. I've got Chris M. and Sarah R. Please go ahead, Chris. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for everyone's shares. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Okay, terrific. Um, Chris M., um, recovering in New York. And, um, you know, as I was, you know, listening to the reading and listening to people share, oftentimes I think, oh, I don't really have anything to relate to this, but I know I do, but I just can't pull it to mind. But then as I, I was listening and thinking, I remembered as a teenager, my best friend and I had a saying. Now, she was a, an active compulsive overeater. She was one of the heaviest girls in our, my class, beautiful girl, uh, just very heavy, and she was actively eating. And I was on the other spectrum. I was actively restricting. So we were both two sides of the same coin, and we gravitated to each other. And we had this saying, and we put it in our yearbook caption, and the initials are N-E-F-G-R. Nothing ever effing goes right. And this was our mantra. This is what, what this is what I expected. Nothing ever effing goes right because I had so many plans about how I wanted things to go, and that was what I lived on. I didn't live on faith. And um, as a young child, I was very spiritual. I did go to Catholic school for a few years, um, and I just was mystified by the whole idea of of God and uh, in my religion, Jesus and and the saints and this and that and I thought it was amazing I thought it was a beautiful beautiful thing like how wonderful to have this this um this spirituality in our lives and I and I thought it and I wanted it so badly but I had this sneaking suspicion 
from a very young age that I wasn't quite doing it right. And, you know, partly I say, oh, I was, I was being mean to myself, but partly I was right. I wasn't doing it correctly because I wanted just what I wanted. As someone shared earlier, it was all about God working for me. And God, this is what I think I need, and, I'm, and, and it's my job with my intellect to figure out, you know, what I need in my life, and then I'm going to expect that you're going to give it to me. Like, I thought that's what it meant to be a human being, to be bright enough and more aware enough to figure out what I needed and what my problems were, and then go to God and ask him to solve them. Like, that seemed perfectly right. And, you know, I did this for so many years, even in program, you know, and it, it was like, it was within my grasp, this, 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 this relationship with God and this faith was in my grasp and I just can't, I just couldn't touch it, just couldn't get it. And now I see that I've, I've been blocking myself and that, that, that was the whole thing. I was blocking Time myself. Thank you. And, um, I'm learning how to unblock, and now I seek just to do God's will. I don't want to do what I want to do anymore because when I did that, N-E-F-G-R, um, and I want things to go right in God's, in God's world and, and in God's will. So thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Chris M. And Sarah R., please go ahead. Good morning. Is everybody able to hear me? Yes, thank you. All right. Good morning, everyone. This is Sarah R. in New York. Um, thank you, moderators. Thank you for all of these amazing shares. You know, I've read the book a bunch of times, but the way that vision for you just brings it to light is just, it really makes my day. Okay, so we're talking about life without faith. I want to talk about life with faith. And let me tell you, I am a strong believer and I have amazing faith, nothing to do with the fact that I grew up superbly religious, going to ultra-religious um, schools and practicing it at home. But what faith am I talking about? I'm talking about full-on faith in food, okay? Food was there through every trauma, through every horrific trauma, through anything in life. Passing of loved ones, you know, growing up in school. And, you know, we're talking about turning it over to a higher power. Food was, and I'm still new in the steps, so I'd be lying if I'm saying it still is, a lot less because I'm in, I'm in program. But, you know, so it's interesting, right? Turning ourselves over came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. But I have been doing this since May 1990, you know, since I was five, I had to do a little essay about when did, when did this start? You know, when did I first notice these symptoms? I'm an expert on turning to a, a higher power because I've always done that. I've always done that. It was always there. As someone mentioned both sides of the coin, I can completely starve myself on days that I'm angry. Uh, the, while at the same time, have this deep desire to completely stuff myself so badly. It's interesting. I have both of those that show up at the same time. 
like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So I don't know much about life without faith because I'm a firm believer, but that's part of why I step into these rooms. All and right, that's why, all right. That's why I'm here with all of you. And um, thank you. And with that, what I can do is just, you know, change the story a little, maybe change the higher power slowly, but surely. Thank you so much with that. I pass. Thank you, Sarah R. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Monday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for this morning's meeting, Monday, May the 3rd, 7 a.m., 16875. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Leon B., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Hear freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.